Welcome everybody to episode nine of the Family Business Podcast. Today I have a real treat for you, ladies and gentlemen. Billy Sutherland with Iron Road. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ben. No problem. What we always do here on the podcast, we first start talking about the company and yep. just the origin yep. story. Yep. And you know, bef- let's go back a little bit though, for in your case, to kind of when you started working with your dad, and as a fellow SOB. Sons of business. <laughs> I love, it seems like everybody I've, I've had on here is a son of business. So yeah, it's been a, yeah. it's an acronym I learned from a gentleman from, on the podcast. Yeah, and, I love it. Uh, I Take it and run with I it, man. There's yeah. nothing original. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not letting it down. But let's, let's just take it back to there and just talk a little bit about that and how working with your dad was. Yeah, it was really cool. I had, uh, I, I was coming off of being on staff with an organization called Young Life up in Columbus. And my dad had a small insurance agency that he had started with my mom in their basement in 1979. He, he had worked for Allstate for 13 or 14 years. And they said, let's go put our own shingle out and do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, after two years of working with Young Life, my dad said, hey, if you're not going to come into this, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to move on. I'm like, all right, let's go. I had met my wife at that time, and I'm like, let's, I'm going to give it a try. So mm-hmm. started doing it. I had n- no idea what, I mean, the last guy in the world that would have, I would have even said, would have had a desire to get into business, and especially not insurance, <laughs> which sounds so boring. I'm like, man, no, I just want to be hanging out with people and talking to people and talking about things that matter, which for me was my faith at the time. And, uh, but I started it and I loved it, man. I mean, I absolutely loved it. Got out the yellow pages. I was a salesperson, mm-hmm. started calling people out of the yellow pages, setting up appointments. And the thing I loved about it was hearing people's stories. So yeah, thanks to my dad, I got into that. And then uh, we built it up until about 2004 and sold it. And in the meantime, had, uh, you know, met some guys that eventually led me to getting into Iron Road. Awesome. Yeah. And so, like, how was that working with your dad? You know, any lessons you learned from that? Any takeaways? You know, hindsight. Yeah. I mean, looking back, um, I learned a ton. I mean, if I could do it differently, um, I would I would listen a lot more to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a tough one for everybody. It's so hard, man. <laughs> it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I mean, simply because of the relationship. But I would listen more to my dad, mm-hmm. and I would um, uh, I would have um, been more respectful to him. Um, I would have treated him with more reverence uh, yeah. than I did. I mean, I love my dad. I idolize my dad, but. Um, I think I had a tendency to maybe run a little bit too fast, and so those are you know those are probably things I would change as I look back. But I yeah. learned a ton from him. Is it? Do you mean like like challenging kind of what you guys were doing and how you were doing it, or is it? Do you mean in a different way? You know, that's what that's a great question. That's one thing that I would love to give my dad credit for because he always let me do my own thing. You know, mm-hmm. he always let me just kind of. He's like, if I, if, if I wanted to try something, he'd say, go for it. And to his credit, just amazing, hmm. you know, just amazing. So I was so proud of him. He, he never really hindered me in regards to wanting to try different things. So always throwing money at ideas that I had, and, <laughs> which was, you know. That's great. I mean, yeah, yeah, a, lot a lot of people of, don't get that kind of yes. know, open-mindedness from their, their father. And yeah, business. 
Yeah, yeah. So he was he was amazing when it came to that. Yeah. So sell the business, then you start Iron Road. Why don't you speak a little bit about kind of the origin of that? Yeah, it's a total accident, dude. <laughs> I mean, total accident. I, while I was selling insurance, I had met uh, two guys that had been very successful in other businesses, Larry Shakely mm -hmm. and Todd Riley. Todd and I had gone to high school together. I met Larry through another mutual friend, and Larry was, you know, those guys from a business standpoint have had more success than 99% of the people that you're going to meet. And so they both had done really well in their own business, but um, I was selling Todd insurance and had gotten into business with Larry to write the insurance uh, for his workers' comp clients. Okay. And uh, so Larry and I were somewhat in a partnership at that point, and Todd started talking to me about his workers' comp insurance. Well, we, in, in Ohio, you don't really sell workers' comp. I'm like, workers' comp, what's that? Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what it was. Yep. You know, state, and as a State-funded. Right. right. We're state funded, but most insurance agents outside of, and all I was doing was insurance at the time, yeah. right? But he tells me he's paying $350,000 for his insurance. I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, it should have been, to me, it was like $350 billion at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I'm like, well, you got to meet my buddy, Larry Shakely. Well, I introduced the two of them, and they became fast friends. And they ended up starting Iron Road um, uh, at that time. And um, what became Iron Road, we changed the name from Humacare because every time people heard Humacare, they're like, oh, yeah, I know you guys, you're Humanicare. <laughs> like, nah, we want to get away from just being insurance. Yeah. Uh, but they started the company, and uh, but the two of them ran after it for about a year. And they both, that, you know, I think both thought the others were going to be the guts. <laughs> and it just didn't go anywhere. They, they had one client, trucking client, and... Uh, so I think Larry looked at Todd and said, I'm done. And Todd came to me and said, hey, you want to buy half of this? I said, what is it? <laughs> and I hadn't sold the agency yet. This was 1997. Okay. And, uh, well, they started in 97. So this was probably closer to 2000. And uh, I said, what is it? And he explained it to me. I'm like, man, I love this concept. This is a really cool concept. We can go take this to our commercial clients. And we could sell the heck out of this thing. I said, how much? He said, 8,800 bucks. I said, you got a deal, <laughs> baby. Let's go. And I was, you know, 30 years old or something at the time, and we started rolling. That's awesome. 8,800 yeah. bucks. 8,800 bucks. Good investment. Has <laughs> been. A lot of, lot of pain, <laughs> but a great investment. And so at the beginning, kind of what was, what was it? It, that you were doing to get customer acquisition at the time or what services were you providing? Yeah. yeah, it was really hard because PEOs back then weren't, they, there wasn't near the regulations. And, and what's PEO sample? So PEO is a professional employer organization. Yeah. So what we okay. do is we go into small to medium sized companies and um, we become an outsourcer for a myriad of different things. And we also can provide group buying power for things like workers' compensation and insurance products, whether it's major medical, mm -hmm. um, your ancillary products, 401k. And the idea behind it is that you do underwriting well, you go out and buy it in bulk, and you can offer small to medium-sized employers who struggle with all those things. Yeah. From a cost standpoint, not only a better way to do it, but a economically more efficient way to do it, and not just year one, but for the life of the contract because our ability now at the size that we're at um, is uh, 
is significant in being able to, you know, have those costs be able to maintain a certain level. They, you become statistically credibility, yeah. have statistical credibility, yeah. And, like, how has that industry evolved? You know, I mean, obviously, mm. a lot of things have changed since 2004. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what are some things you've seen I mean, over it's, the course? I mean, that's a great question. It, ben, it's crazy the amount of change because nobody knew how to do it. I'll tell you the state of Ohio. State of Ohio, when we started, said every time we bring on a new client, they had to become a part of our unemployment suitor rate. So whatever theirs was, they might have a 0.8, but because we had all these other clients and together we were a 3.5, they'd have yeah. to go from 0.8 to 3.5, right? And so um, that was hard. That was hard, and there were all kinds of people. We had all kinds of issues where we had people come in from KPMG and say, you know what, you guys need to do it this way, and it didn't sound right to me the way they were suggesting it. I, I remember going and talking to the deputy director. Um, I said, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that until I go talk to the deputy director of the state of Ohio, yeah, uh, the yeah. suitor board. So I went and did it. And um, basically, frankly, they said, oh, that's, that's fine, you guys go ahead and do that. Um, because we're not gonna do what you're asking us to do. And what I asked them to do was just let us file individually, right? Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't do it. And, but then eventually they passed a law that what we did you couldn't do, and then they came back after that money. Shocker, <laughs> of course, right? right? Shocker, right? <laughs> but guess what happened in 2014? You asked what the changes were. Yep. Everybody files on their own now. Hmm. So, yeah, shocker, but so all kinds of things like that. So, you know, the regulations between how do you marry a co employment relationship? With those kind of things, pseudo workers' comp has evolved tremendously, you know, through uh, yeah. through those years. Total change, thanks to NAPIO, which is our National Association for Professional Employer Organizations. You know, there's tons of lobbyists that have gone out and, you know, really fought for what the the industry does because you bring a tremendous value to the small to medium sized employer. Tremendous mm -hmm. value, and if you were talking to one of our clients, they'd tell you about that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, a lot of PEOs can really help SMBs, you know, do just scale because yeah. they don't have to worry about them, yeah. that kind of thing. It's a lot yes. of resources here. That's right. Yeah. And, and so in, you said 2014, everybody could file individually. So th is that when it went from like on your W 2, it could actually say the company you work for, not the PEO? Is that when Well, that the changed? W 2s didn't change. Okay. But just for SUDA, so state unemployment tax. Okay, so gotcha. instead of now filing under Iron Roads, FDIN number, now I could go out and I could file under um, Timmins, what's the name of your company? Te Technique Roofing Systems. Technique Roofing Systems. They sponsor right? the podcast. So. Technique <laughs> Roofing Systems. Thank you, guys. Um, but, yeah, so now you're on your own. So your, 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 your basis for what you're charged is, like everything else, based on how much you use, right? Yeah. How much yeah. has the state had to pay into unemployment? Which is fair. That's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. W-2s have stayed the same. And okay. I just I just remember back, we, we had our PEO on the W-2 at one point. Uh-huh. Not sure if that And they're not any. anymore? No, they're not. So. Mm. But, so let's get into a little bit about, you know, family in, in the business. So yeah. working with your dad and then. You want to hear about the fight my brother and I got in? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> 
That's the kind of juice we're looking for. Baby, brother. let me give you some juice. <laughs> we were in, we were in our old building, and our attorney was there, and he came in the office, and it got heated, man. I mean, and he's a big dude. He's like six five, probably two thirty, and I'm I'm but I'm the older brother, right? <laughs> so you got the advantage. I got the advantage, and I'm sitting in a chair looking up at him like this, and all of a sudden he jumps on me. The chair goes. <laughs> explodes everywhere. Our attorney is sitting on the other side, and he's like, guys, I love you both. Please stop. And we're rolling around on the floor, <laughs> fighting, punching. And five minutes later, we were hugging each other. But it's tough, man. Yeah. Because yep. it's really hard. Everybody's got, especially when you have strong personalities, right? Yep. I mean, Conflicting. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 hard. It's, it's It's been a grind in a lot of ways. And our family's very close, right? We hang out a lot. Yeah, it could be you real tough. You know what tough. I'm saying? Yep. Then what do you do? You take it. You take it to. You take it to Thanksgiving. You take it to Christmas. You get heated at two-year-old's birthday party. Two-year-old's birthday <laughs> party. Why? Why is Uncle Billy under the water? <laughs> oh, he's been under there a while. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it can be real challenging. So, I'm, I, it's challenging for everybody, man. You've heard stories of families yep. breaking up over it. I could tell you a hundred of them, probably. Yep. So it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's real hard. I mean, just because there's pride involved. Yep. There's, there's, you know, normal human and emotions involved. And yeah. Some people don't care about money more than credit. And uh-huh. I mean, there's a whole plethora of things that make it hard. Yeah, a whole plethora of things. What, what are some, some things kind of made hard for you and your brother? And like any, any anecdotes to how to get over things like that? Like during it, yeah, I, I wasn't the, I, I wasn't at a point where I would have been able to do it, you know, <laughs> having been through it, kind of like I was talking about my dad earlier, I wish I would have, um, if I could talk to myself then, I'd say, listen, don't be so interested in getting your own thoughts out. Don't be so interested in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Listen more. You know, I always think about scripture, um, uh, that talks about be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. If yeah. I could have followed that, we'd have probably ended up in a you know, much better place. Well, we know we would have, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime we're obedient to what the Word says, it's a win. So, you know, just I think you hit the nail on the head when you said pride. So that pride fluffs up and you think you got the right answer and then you start keeping score. Keeping score is a tough deal, man, no matter what the relationship yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. Start throwing it out with your wife and see how it works out. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to look at that scoreboard. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of good points there. I mean, when you're dealing with family, you go on home. You're you're seeing them at home. Mm-hmm. You're seeing them at work. Mm-hmm. Any any sort of advice on, you know, you've been through a couple, obviously arguments and and you know, fights. Fights. Yeah. <laughs> Blood was spilled. <laughs> And, you know, my dad, I talked to my dad and my uncle, and they, they've had a lot of heated arguments over the yep. years. And yep. one, I've sat them both down, and the, the theme of it is basically you're not the most important person. Mm. You know, and it's kind of hard to be humble like that, though, when you're in a business setting a lot of the times. So mm-hmm. if, if you, so where, where, where does the, what's the good mixture of, Looking mm-hmm. out for the business, but like also looking out for family. You think mm-hmm. in, in, in a in a company like that. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I think it's um, 
I don't think you can do it any other way other than the way it's we're told to do it in the Word. That's that's my belief. So that means you're going to have to have hard conversations with people that you love, um, but you speak the truth in love, right? Yeah. And you don't talk about things, you talk to things. Um, I know that in both of our scenarios with my brother and I, you know, talk, even talking to my parents, hey, let me tell you what's going on. And I'm sure he did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that just exacerbates the situation because it doesn't line up with what's right. And if, you know, for example, if, there was, if I was out of line, you know, it would be appropriate for him to come to me and give me the opportunity to be humble if, in fact, I was out of line and say, man, I'm sorry, you're right. You know, will you forgive me and let me try to make that better? But without the spiritual maturity, you know, during mm-hmm. that time, it was a no-win situation. It's not like, it's not like yeah. how am I going to look out for the business or look out for the family? It's like anything else. When you, if you're walking in a way um, that you're, the spirit inside of you is being fed, right, then... Um, you're not saying yes to that natural self, so self isn't on the throne. And all the things of the spirit become much easier. Right? It becomes it becomes your reaction as opposed to what comes natural. Yeah. You know, when you know and and so that if I were looking back, I don't have any other I mean, you, you can try to fake it, you can try to <laughs> you can try to um you know, uh you know, go through behavior modifications, you know, what can I look but in regards to real power, I don't think there's any anywhere outside of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's sometimes you got to go through a journey too to to be there. Man, you know. So. Well said. Trust me, I've been to the basement, man. It was dark, and you know how I got down there, Jake. Took the escalator. <laughs> you know what that means? I never felt it. Oh uh, yeah. I never felt it. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, sin is a slippery slope, bro. And you just, you just it's like a, it, one little decision that you think can be, it can be sin of omission. I didn't do this, or I didn't, I didn't get in the Word, I didn't pray. And pretty soon, little by little, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, how did I get down here, and who am I? I mean, so, yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And I think those are really, I mean, I, you're talking about business, and I, I can't help but go to the spiritual side, which mm-hmm. drives my business decisions. It drives everything I, I do. Well, yeah, and there's, I mean, some of the, well, not some, all the best principles are biblically based. Amazing. What, what, are, what are some biblical principles that are real, you know, that you hold real dear, that you mm-hmm. think about a lot when you're operating business? Mm-hmm. So for me, the biggest is, and uh, if you talk to anybody in our company, I, I would hope and I think the first thing they'd say is just servant leadership. You know, mm-hmm. the Son of God came here to serve and not be served, and that's the way we look at it. And that isn't just our clients, mm-hmm. you know, but that's our vendors, people that work for us. That's each other. And I think that mentality is an important one. And again, I think you can try to make yourself do that, but if, it do, if it's not a part of the Spirit, there's no real fruit in it. That's a big one. Um, another one is seek to understand before being understood. That's a huge one, you know. And um, and I think the whole listening thing is such a big deal because everybody wants to tell you what they think. I saw Francis Chan do a video the other day, and he was talking to a bunch of young people. 
He said, you know what the problem with your generation is? He said, the problem with your generation is that you put too much importance on what you think and what you feel, and you want everybody to know how you think and how you feel. What are you feeling like? How did somebody else make you feel? When in reality, there's no life to be found there. He said, go to the Word of God. Allow that to be the truth with which you operate from, right? So when we talk about seek to understand before being understood, we could go to a billion stories in the Bible and say, boom, 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 boom. You know, same with listening. Mm -hmm. Slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. Like you said, all the principles are there. Yeah, I mean, there's, they're, they're, they're just littered throughout the Bible. Great business principles. I mean, even like in Genesis, you know, the end of the book of Genesis, Jacob, he's, you know, he's 147. He's dying, and I mean, it's a long time to live. And when he passes blessings along to his sons, he doesn't tell them, you know, to all do everything, do everything you can. He tells them, he, he gives them certain blessings. So it's like specialization. You know, like you do this, mm. like, you, like he passes that along. Mm. I think that's real important in business too, is being specialized. And that, I mean, that book was written how long ago, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really founded until um, Adam, I think it was Adam Smith wrote about it, like specialization in really? economics way, you know, not too long ago, And but that was written in the Bible in the first book. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love hearing that. That's such a great story. And it, it reminds me of another principle that, I was interviewing a, a younger kid today, and I think trying to find out what people, what do they like? What do you like doing? Mm-hmm. A lot of times that lines up with their giftedness, and you and I as believers know the giftedness is just that. It's something that was given to you by mm-hmm. God. So when you're in the middle of doing it, of course you're going to be passionate about it. It's what you were made to do. It's like a fork yeah, being yeah. a fork instead of a fork trying to be a spoon, you know? And so from a business standpoint, making sure you understand what people enjoy doing because, and, and then watch. And then, and then once you watch them do it and you watch them do it together, celebrate it. Celebrate it and, and look up and say, man, God, you're so good. Look at the gifts you gave all these people and look what they're doing. Again, you're taking self off the throne, right? Yep. And you're saying, let's recognize God for what he's done. And, hey, great job. Guess what? Another principle. Everything you do, do it as if you're doing it for the Lord and not for men. We're called to be excellent, you know? And so, you know, those are some of the principles that, that come to mind right away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. It's, it's, yeah, we, it's, you can't read the Bible like a novel. You got to, like, digest it really yeah. slowly. I mean, it's hard. You just blow over stuff like crazy. It's written very, uh, I mean, if you're looking at it from a scholar perspective, there's just so many anecdotes and, like, so many lessons to be had in it. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're someone who doesn't believe out there, it's just somewhere to get value in, in, yeah. in everyday life. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, it's pretty crazy yeah. that people it, just don't read it. So. It is. Yeah, the only thing I think of when I hear somebody say it's pretty crazy, they don't read it, it's, it, it's just a battle, man. We're in a battle. Somebody wouldn't know, does not want them to know and a lot oh, of yeah. deception. Speaking of deception... One of, so I have in my office, I have some really textbook-like books, and I, I don't really like reading them, but I read them to learn. And it's the History of the World Religion, Volume 1, 2, and 3, right? Wow. It's a, 
on Jordan Peterson's, I don't know if you know who Jordan Peterson is, uh-uh. but uh, he's a good, real outspoken figure against uh, some Canadian policies on freedom of speech and then kind of threw him into the spotlight. He has a book called 12 Rules for Life and another one called Beyond Orders, 12 More Rules for Life. Really good stuff for, for young people, especially mm-hmm. that are just mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure some stuff out in life. But it's on his reading list. And when you read them, you, you like start to understand like you know like kind of human behavior around things. And one of the things I've learned in it is that some Hebrew, right? And in Hebrew, the word fair does not exist. So, and it's to me, it's because it's uh, too loosely defined. It's not really like this is what fair is. You don't know what fair is mm-hmm. to you and me. It's different. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like a family business. It's hard to, for everything always to be fair, mm. right? Mm. So, what what do you like when you start a family business? What are your thoughts around making sure that things are in an agreement? You know, because that's really what it is. You, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be fifty fifty. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be twenty five twenty five twenty five. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around kind of mm-hmm. like making sure everything's taken care of before you start getting into it? So it's such a incredible, valuable point that you bring up um, because we didn't do that kind of planning and it created all kinds of issues around what's fair and what's not fair. Mm -hmm. The way that's changed for my wife and I is sitting down with our kids and saying, hey guys, here's the way it's going to be. And all those things that we missed so that people, our kids wouldn't say, well, I did A, B, C, D, and E. So I should get X, Y, and Z. Take it out of the equation. Yeah. It's yeah. not an issue. It's not your decision. It's mom and I's decision. We can talk about it to them now. Hey, you might, your perspective of what you bring to the table might be an, a tremendous amount more. But it does. don't get into it if you can't play by these rules because these are the rules. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Right, and, and you'll like this too. Uh, in the Hebrew language, adolescence is not a word because that's just somebody that wants what adulthood is, but doesn't want doesn't have the take on the responsibility of it. Mm. So that's a good one too, kind of to your point. Yeah, yeah, so. that's very interesting. Yeah, so I think I think that's a, I think that is that could save so many people, so many problems, and so I think so many people get into it thinking, oh, we'll never worry, we'd never worry about yeah. that. That's not going to be an issue. The truth of the matter is, because we're in a battle, man, that human nature is hard, man. You wake up in the morning hungry, right? You want to eat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, those natural tendencies without, and another another scripture comes to mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity or power, love, and self-discipline, right? So if we can discipline ourselves to put those kind of principles in place, like spelling things out, critical. It's a great point. Yeah, and I think it tends to be overlook sometimes in family companies because you know I don't know just like you're trying to be cordial or you, you don't think that would ever happen yeah or stuff no like doubt that. 100% yeah yeah but yes that's I think you're spot on Jordan Peterson you said right? Jordan Peterson yeah mm-hmm. All right. he's got some real good stuff one of his uh, books is called Beyond Order and he has a rule in there this is like my favorite rule of his 24 to live by it's um, opportunity sits where responsibility has been abdicated. You're you're really smart. So you're gonna have to give me a minute. 
<laughs> responsibility sits where opportunity opportunity lies opportunity lies where responsibility where, has been abdicated man you're gonna have to break that down for so me, bro. so basically say there's something somebody's dropped the ball and they're not doing it mm-hmm. and you're, you're you know you're like i know no one's doing that if you take it upon yourself to, to do it because if, if there, there's if there's if it's worth doing then it's worth taking on the responsibility to do it. Mm-hmm. If, if it's not worth doing, then there's no opportunity. Leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. But if it's worth it, if somebody should be doing that, if somebody took that responsibility and said, I don't want to deal with it, mm-hmm. then in that company, in life, in whatever it is, there's opportunity there. Now, mm-hmm. what does that opportunity look like? Could be monetary, could be you know friendship, mm-hmm. could be mm-hmm. a, a bunch mm-hmm. of things. But that's definitely my favorite, favorite rule because you know, growing up in a family business, there's so many things to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you guys pick know, up rocks, pick up rocks, right? I mean, there's always something to do. But like, and you're sitting so back, cool that you guys are farming. No, oh, I mean, thousand acres. How cool is that? It's it's great. I mean, cool if you're not doing the work. <laughs> See, that would be me. Yeah, that, yeah. My dad's watching. Like, he ain't doing the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just do the the roofing part of things. So, you know, he always says, "Well, all you gotta do is show up to help." farming <laughs> That's so neat and so cool but so now your your daughter she works here she, she does here. yeah well why don't we uh, talk a little bit about you know how's how's that been working with your daughter it's been better than what i could have ever imagined um and she i give her the credit for that because she's so respectful she is and i think a lot of it like we talked earlier about going and getting that corporate culture Mm-hmm. knowing how lines are drawn and she came in here wanting to make sure people knew she was going to earn her keep right and she's very gifted very talented humble kid that um it's just been really fun to watch you know mm-hmm. and she's very like i said respectful of me and um just so proud of her so it's hard hard to really put into words what that feels like because yeah. it's so satisfying you know, I mean, it's really, it's just a really kind gift that the Lord's allowing, you know, to take place. So it's been, it's been a blast. Well, that's great. There's, a, I mean, a lot of relationships that go awry and, or astray, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. you know, because human nature. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's awesome to hear stuff like that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, she's, like I said, she does a, she does a great job of making it easy and um, she's very, very gifted, very talented, and so it's fun to celebrate her. Yeah. Is what what does the the future of Iron Iron Road look like? Is it um, so one word in the that's not in since we're talking about Hebrew, I can bring up the Hebrew language. Let's go. Man. One word not in it is also retirement. Mm. That's not in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you? Come on, man. Do I look that old? No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> when do we pass the torch, right? Yeah, there's points where they fall apart. It's normally the next, the second gen or the third gen. A lot of times, it's the, it's right around there. So, yeah. what, what are some things you're thinking about if if you're going to do that, or you know, some things yeah. you've seen that might be? Good I think to say? That again, and that's a great question. It's a great question because so many people think, well, I can't wait to retire and go relax and do what I want to do, and. I really don't believe life's found there. I think life is, it kind of ends there. 
And uh, so I love what I do. I love why I do it, and I love the people that I do it with. And as long as I can be a part of a, a productive part of the organization in whatever form that might be, that's something that I would have a desire to do. I love going out and hearing family business stories. I mean, sitting there with you today and talking and hearing a little bit about yours, you know, what you and your cousins have done over the last few years. I mean, and then your dad and, and his mm -hmm. brother. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I, I love it. It's my favorite part of my job. I'll walk in. I'm like, tell me your story, man. And and you learn so much about so many different businesses. So, so answering your question, I love doing that. I don't even think about retiring. But I also know that, <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm a terrible business person. I mean, the way most people would describe business yep. person, they'd yeah. be like, oh, my gosh, keep him you know, finances, <laughs> financials, all that stuff. I'm like, listen, I believe in our product. I love our product. I love communicating our product to our clients and our potential clients. So let me stay in that lane, you know? And mm -hmm. then I love watching other people do things that they're great at. So as long as I can continue to do that and be helpful, I'm gonna do that and influence, you know, that, methodology around how this place operates and hopefully and prayerfully the people that um, run it when I'm gone um, will have that will have soaked in by the grace of God and they'll be you know practicing those things for somebody else I, I do find myself as I'm as I'm getting older taking more time to intentionally articulate principles that I believe in hoping and praying that they're heard and caught and mm -hmm something's done with them yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah you got to be intentional with it yeah yeah we do a servant leadership class here on thursdays at 11 and it's man it's it's just been such a i mean all we it's really a bible study we you know we open up the word we get into it we talk with people just talk about their lives and it's amazing what it does for our company and we have people you know people join via zoom from all over the country um and it's uh that's something I would love to be a part of until I die, you know, whether I'm the person leading it or not. Just those kind of things have been really rich. It's become, um, this has become just really a ministry. Yeah. It's part of the culture now here. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't intentionally, intentionally, we don't hire all Christians. We have people yeah. here that don't believe. We have people here with different faiths. This, my son I told you about that we lost was Muslim. And, uh, man, you want to talk about a powerful story. The last six weeks of his life, the mosque in Westchester over here found out. And, and he had gone there because my sweet dad would drive him to the mosque every time he wanted to go on Fridays. And I get a call, and they said, hey, would you mind if we come over and, you know, spend some time with Yusuf? Because he spent the last eight months in our home dying of cancer. And, um, uh, you know, my sweet wife took care of him, you know, 24-7. Uh, but these guys started showing up about six weeks before it passed, right? And uh, they show up the first night, and it was kind of cool because I let them in, and it was real easy to remember all their names. How you doing? I'm Muhammad. I'm Muhammad. Wait, what's up, Muhammad? <laughs> I'd say, the Muhammads are here. Let's go, boys. <laughs> and they, beca they became dear friends of ours, right? But they would come every night, and they I remember them asking me. They're like, why are you, why are you doing this? What, what's up? Why are you doing this? And and, um, you know, communicated to them, you know, our thought process behind why. And it's like, I mean, of course we would. 
So it was it was really it was really um, an impactful experience. So much so that they invited me to speak at the mosque at his funeral. Hmm. You know, the imam just said, "Billy, don't I don't want you talking about you know Jesus being the Son of God because they don't believe that." I said, "Of course, I don't." That's and he came. The imam came over and and uh, spoke at the service of celebration of life that we had at our house. They insisted on paying for his burial and all those wow. things. Just an incredible, tremendous story. We were my wife and I and. Um, the kids went to one of the Muhammad's house. Actually, his name's Nadim. He's not Muhammad. Um, but they would laugh at me calling them all Muhammad's. Um, you know, two weeks ago. And they've become dear friends of ours. And so, intentionally, getting back to my point here, we don't just want to hire all Christians. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We love to learn. You know, you're reading the history of the world's religions. Um, what a blessing to be able to do that and to not force anything on anybody, but just to love people where they are. Everybody's got to go through their own journey. That's for we sure. We don't pick. We get picked, right? So we'll wrap her up here, Billy. But wrap it up. Let's get in. Let, give me some of your uh, best business advice for, for uh, you, I mean, obviously you're doing sales, right? So, sales to me. And a lot of people, you know, you, I feel like it's coming around, but it used to be that people of faith would think money was bad and, you know, and it's not. It's good. It's good. You know, for the people of God to, to get money. And, yeah. You know, and it's. It, I mean, you look at like the Jewish religion, and they're pretty. They're disproportionately studied on when it comes to keeping records and mm-hmm. all, all sorts of mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and fluent. Mm-hmm. So, what what are some good sales? You got any good sales tips or any sort of good business tips as we wrap this up for the, here's for the, the audience? Here's the sales tips. The sales tips are when you go, don't try to sell anything. If you're selling, don't try to sell anything. Be transparent. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Don't try to sell something that you're not passionate about. Just don't do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and then go to listen. Go there and try to find out um, what that, why that person agreed to sit with you, and learn about them. You mm-hmm. can't fake being genuine. And if that's genuinely what you enjoy, they're going to see and feel that. And the relationship that you begin with that person is going to be one that will be significant. And then don't base your conversation or, or your um, responses on whether or not you get the business. Mm-hmm. So many people don't get it and they put all this work in and they get upset. Our philosophy here is that if we don't get your business, here's our goal. We want to leave you. I think I said this to you earlier. Yes, sir, you did. What did I say? You said we want to leave you better off than when we found you. There you go. So we just even just one little deposit, right? Maybe it's something educating you around benefits that will help you, that will help your employees, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that mentality lines up with Scripture, and I think as a result of that, we know it's going to produce fruit uh, relationally and then, you know, from a business standpoint. And, you know, some of my best friends are my clients. You know, I had a client just leave me because he felt like he outgrew our, our business. They got up to be about 400 people. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he said, Billy, it broke my heart to do this. He told me this last Friday. Hmm. And um, and I said to him, I'm like, hey, Steve, I understand. And if this isn't good for you, I don't want it. Hmm. And it, this a, it was a big loss for us, right? They had 400 people. Yeah. And so you feel that. And yet I could look at him in the eyes and say, if it's better for you, I'm happy for you. I disagreed with him. But I understood, and I 
and I celebrated it with them. So I, th I think that's critical in sales and in building any business. If you can take the selfish side out of it, compete, be passionate about what you're doing. You know, be passionate about, I don't care what it is. You, you can be doing commercial roofing, you can be doing PEO, you can be doing fill in the blank, doesn't matter, engineering. Um, be passionate about it or don't do it. My daughter, Caroline, beautiful, amazing kid. Should I have her on your podcast? Just the same. Let me play something for you. I'll play it for you. I mean, the girl. You want to have people watch your podcast? You ought to listen to well, this. It, it, would, it would definitely help here. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to play it before we finish. Um, but she just graduated from college with a teaching degree. She goes, Dad, you're not going to want to teach. I said, well, don't teach. What do you want to do? She loves music. She loves fashion. She's working at a little boutique. She got a dream to be able to do her own line. I'm like, let's go. We sat in this room the other day and laid up here a uh, business plan, beginning a business plan for how she might be able to launch it, stuff she's got to do and look at. So. That has to be fun to plan stuff like that with your daughter. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be great. Oh, my God. Oh, did I let you listen to her? No, it was, some, no, that was somebody else. That was a kid I was interviewing. I interviewed this kid because he's, he's uh, got a music background. And I said, you got to listen to something for me. He said, "Okay, I'll listen to it." So now, is she like? Is she like more like you, or more like your wife? She's more like my wife. When you hear this voice, <laughs> what you're going to say is, "Where is she singing? Where is she performing?" She's a beautiful girl. <laughs> and guess what? She sings for me and my wife. <laughs> she doesn't think she's any good. She won't. She won't sing for anybody else. What's that thing called? TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Yes, sir. Silly Willy TikToks. Oh, you, you got a TikTok. This? We're on TikTok as well, the Family Business Podcast. Just at home, she's in. We're like a team. <laughs> You're going to cut this, aren't you? <laughs> you said maybe. Don't cut that. No. I got a better one for you. Hold on. This is my last one. Help what you want. <laughs> Did she sing in high school? Or? No? Hey Jake, I ain't gonna leave. This is your soul. I'm done. Passion, follow your passion. Don't teach. That's that's what it's about. You got one time to live here. You know, you got to do what what you're called to do. Thank you, sir, for being on the Family hey. Business Podcast. We really appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys. I'm proud of you, man. This is awesome. Give people a chance to tell their story and. You're so well-read, and you ask amazing questions, so thanks for making me think. Well, well, thank you. I like to make people think. Yeah, let's think. You ever had anybody rap on your podcast? I have not, not okay. yet. All right. <laughs> Guess he's not going to ask me to rap. No, no, please proceed. Okay, I need, an, I need something. Tell me something, something to rap about. How about, uh, let's rap about he's Jake, stuck, Jake, Jake driving home. My name's Jake. 
and she's two days old. I don't know what to do. I got kind of bold. I left the house, and my wife got mad. And when I get home, baby, gonna get it bad. What should I do? I may turn around. I'm gonna go with my boy so I don't have to frown. I'll be in trouble going home when she's two days old. I'm not gonna sleep. Baby, gonna be with the mold in the garden in the peace. I'm done. <laughs> For the record, Jake did not leave his two-day-old baby. Jake, you can't be doing that stuff. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was awesome.